If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on Earth. All things safe. With Representative Jason Saint. Good morning. You are listening to All Things Sane on WSIC. I'm your host, Representative Jason Sane. I am coming to you today from Durham, North Carolina. I'm at the Durham Convention Center. Just spoke at the Community Day, a new wave of innovation. It's what they're doing at MCNC. MCNC is the Microwave Corporation in North Carolina, which you may not be familiar with. Uh, but what it actually does, it runs the broadband that connects our schools and our libraries and our hospitals, among other things. But uh, that's what they do. So um, talk uh, was on a panel about esports this morning at about 9.15. Had uh, a great time with my panelists, co-panelists, I guess. Uh, had some folks from um, Wake Community uh, Technical College. Had uh, someone from NC State, a student from NC State, or a student from actually one of the high schools and also covers college. And then... Uh, Ed Tomasi, who works in the esports business, recruiting esports events to Raleigh uh, and the general area. And he does that. And then, uh, of course, myself. And we were talking about esports. So it was a lot of fun. Great to be on with you today. Uh, had a quick change of plans uh, because traffic was such a uh, detriment this morning. Uh, trying to get back to Raleigh to do the broadcast from the office was just not going to work. So we decided we would do it here at the convention center. And so far, so good. We'll see. Uh, joining me today will be uh, newly re-elected uh, Charlotte City Councilman uh, Tart McCurry. He'll be here uh, at, after the 11:15 break, and we'll talk to him. Talk about his uh, election night victory. It was a close one. We had a, a number of close ones in the area. Uh, we'll pick his brain a little bit. Uh, probably talk esports a little bit because if you know, uh, you know. And he and I uh, enjoy that together. We uh, we don't get to play nowhere near as much as we used to. Uh, together because we were too involved in the actual promotion of esports, but uh, we'll we'll get some perspective from him. He'll join us live via video chat. Always giving new challenges to our board operator, Bill. He's the engineer. He makes it all work, and uh, so far, so good today. Um, but again, great great for you to join us. Uh, if you're listening over the air, uh, if you're watching the podcast later or listening to the podcast later, great to have you. Any which way you connect. Uh, we do get a lot of great feedback. You can also join our newsletter, our e-newsletter from my office, if you want to keep up with what's going on uh, in District 97. That's Lincoln County, uh, which I had the privilege of representing. But uh, but you can also find a lot of good stuff about the state and what the state's doing and, and kind of be informed, if you will. Uh, just shoot me an email. It's jason.sane, S-A-I-N-E, jason.sane, at ncleg.gov. Love to have you uh, be a part of the newsletter. We send it out about once a week, uh, usually on Sundays. But, uh, you know, we do the best we can with the travel schedule and everything else that uh, that goes on. So we, we generally get those out on Sunday. But uh, we're, no one, you know, there's one guy that has to be pleased by it. I guess it's me uh, as far as when it goes out. So uh, as soon as we get to it, we get it out. But usually about mid-afternoon on Sundays. Love to have you uh, uh, be one of our uh, e-newsletter subscribers. Uh, it doesn't cost you a thing. We don't advertise. It's I am forbidden from campaigning to you on it. Uh, it is something. It's an official publication of our office, uh, so it's not a lot of fluff and uh, that that type of thing. So it's really just about what's happening at the legislature and about what's happening in North Carolina. So what's happening in North Carolina is a lot of wildfires. Uh, I didn't realize till this morning. I was driving from Raleigh to Durham here to the convention center and realized, man, it still smells like smoke. I mean, of course, I was used to smelling it at home. 
thinking that at home, not that big a deal. You could uh, you could you know realize that if the fires are happening in Wilkes County or or Watauga or in Cherokee, uh, conceivable that that smoke's blowing over into to Lincoln County into the Lake Norman area. But all the way over in Durham and Raleigh, you can smell it pretty pretty strongly. Uh, that is happening, and I guess it's probably from from other places as well. I'm sure Virginia is probably uh, suffering as as well as Tennessee. It's just been so darn dry. But uh, was shocked to learn that there were seven ongoing wildfires across the state of North Carolina. After I did a little googling while sitting in that traffic I was talking about. If you think traffic's just at Lake Norman, not so. Uh, we've we've got it here in this part of the state as well. Um, again, got a jam-packed show for you, as as you might imagine, as always. Had Jeff Pillars on last week. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed that. If you had, if you didn't get a chance to catch it, go back to the podcast archive. Uh, listen to Jeff Pillars. Jeff Pillars is a great friend. He's been on the big show for many, many years with John Boy and Billy. Uh, we met a couple times, uh, a couple years ago. And, uh, of course, obviously we get together as, as often as we can. And um, he, he got to join the show for the first time. We've been trying to get him uh, to join the show since uh, we started in July. And it finally worked out. And uh, and glad to have him on. Uh, if you, I know him by some of his many voices on John Boy and Billy, but you, you might pick up on his voice from, uh, from Bojangles commercials to everything else under the sun. Um, he's done a lot of voiceover work, but just a fun guy. Um, even got to mention in one of his books about pets because of the work that we did on, on uh, puppy mills and trying to, to end those in North Carolina. Uh, it's an issue that he cares about as well. But again, coming to you live today from the Durham Convention Center. Not not exactly the place we thought we'd be broadcasting from today, uh, but they do have high-speed broadband, and the, the folks here were very accommodating, said we can get you a room where you can at least sit and talk privately and, uh, and do your show. So that's that's great that, that we're doing that. But a lot of policy leaders on broadband initiatives uh, here at uh, the convention center. Uh, MCNC does what they call community day. It's really something over the course of two days. Topics like esports, um, women in tech, uh, they have their community day awards. And then of course, cybersecurity and AI. Um, they, they do a lot of different uh, uh, topics. They talk about a lot of different topics, a lot of breakout sessions. Uh, my favorite, uh, I'm sure it's for breakfast for tomorrow, but it's business with bacon. I won't be here for that, but man, that intrigues me. Uh, but then also talking about things like ag tech, um, quantum network and, and devices, uh, a lot of, a lot of things that, uh, that are working on in terms of expand, expanding broadband in our state. And they do a wonderful job doing that. Um, and then also how they're going to work with electric co-ops and, uh, broadband opportunities. Uh, we wrote a bill, um, or wrote into a budget bill, uh, I think it was two years ago now, and sort of keep up that uh, we call it a broadband accelerator, where you we were taking one of the impediments to broadband in rural areas was whether or not you could get access to poles that they might have been bought ten years ago, twenty years ago, still had a life expectancy of what they were you know made to do, which is deliver power, and couldn't withstand holding up broadband equipment onto those poles. So we put together a program with some of the federal dollars that came down and said, hey. Why don't we purchase the poles, make it site ready for you, uh, so it's not an additional cost to the co-ops because they would have to pass those costs on to their um, their customers or, or their owners, if you will, which I am one of them. I, 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 my power comes from a, a, a co-op. Uh, so we were able to do that, but it, that, that, of course, takes time to, to roll out. And, of course, we've got to get approval from the federal government since we're spending uh, money that they bequeathed us, our money, but now we've got to get uh, permission to do it. Only the federal government can do it that way. 
But uh, anyway, that's uh, that's something that we're working on. Something we were talking about with some of the folks here. A lot of a lot of uh, interesting um, topics, like I say, here in Durham. But coming up next on the show, we're going to have Tark McCarry, my good friend, city councilman and city councilman elect. I guess he'll take his new office probably in December. I think that's normally when it happens at their first meeting. Uh, we'll talk to him about the political landscape in Charlotte and what all's changed. Um, it was with, with the local elections, there were some changes here and there. Uh, I'm sure that have been talked about on other shows, but uh, how it impacts the region is something we'll talk about. Just the other day, it was in Mooresville talking about transportation issues. Uh, that was the big topic uh, with the group that I was talking to. Uh, I say just the other day, that might have been Monday. Uh, but we were talking about that and just uh, some of the some of the Things where we'll innovate, uh, but you are listening to All Things Sane here on WSIC. We'll be back. We'll have Councilman Bakari broadcasting to you live today from the Durham Convention Center at the MCNC Community Day. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. We've got fun and games. We got everything you want, honey. We know the names. Welcome back to All Things Sane with your host, Representative Jason Sane. That is me. I am he. It is glad to have you joining us on the broadcast. I'd like to send a shout out to one of our many fans, Sky David, who writes. No, I'm just kidding. But she she did send me a text. Uh, Brian Lewis, uh, they're, they're watching the show. So I always love. Uh, when I get text during the show, uh, really appreciate you coming on. Tart Macari, the newly elected or reelected uh, city councilman in Charlotte, North Carolina. Where are you, sir? That that's impressive. Yeah. You know, can you hear me? First of all, Jason, long time listener, long time yeah. listener, first time, uh, second time caller. Um, <laughs> I thought you'd really appreciate me joining live from the set here in Charlotte of Vessel, the Varsity Esports and STEM League, uh, because starting tomorrow, this week's big tournament is Madden. So I figured this is kind of the wow. bar stool sports casting couch for the Madden tournament. So I figured since you've been such a big part in making all that stuff happen, esports and STEM wide across the state, you'd at least enjoy uh, getting to see uh, this this little bar stool setup we've got. Well, that is most impressive and certainly is out doing my very nice, uh, accommodating, neutral beige walls behind me. Uh, that that looks like a fun place to hang out. Um, I, I, I wasn't expecting that, sir. That's That was my goal, to, to shock and awe you. <laughs> if you listen over the radio, you got to go back and watch uh, the, the broadcast on YouTube or, or one of the other uh, video um, uh, uh, where you can watch the, the podcast on video because uh, – that is an impressive setup you've got there. Is this in your home? No, this is this is in the, the Vessel <laughs> HQ, man. My wife wouldn't allow me to take up this much space at home. But over no, here in the Vessel HQ, all the, the, the teams back here. Guys, just get in the shot real quick. The radio is not going to hear it. Walk in there. Let them see. This is, uh, this is your, vessel, your Vessel leadership team. Yeah, why don't you guys just have a seat? Yeah. Do whatever you want. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, again, certainly beats my base walls, which are very nice. Uh, but they but they are collapsible, which is also awesome, right? Uh, we are at the Durham Convention Center in uh, Durham. I was speaking at MCNC, uh, their community day today, which is uh, a really cool thing that they do every year. Um, it, the title of this year's conference is A New Wave of Innovation. And we were talking about 
esports. Go figure. Had Ed Tomasi uh, on on the panel with me, a student from uh, yeah. NC State, uh, and also some folks from Wake Tech and, and NC State. So great questions. A lot of interest in esports. Um, your name was invoked a time or two about some of the things that you're working on. So weird, weird and oddly enough. Well, what, one thing you'll be happy to know as um, you guys have really doubled down on both the power of esports and itself. Again, to, to, you know, giving a lot of kids uh, the experience of traditional varsity sports, teamwork, leadership, um, you know, all the things that are there. But then also serving as this amazing bridge to STEM education, to creating the engineers and the workforce of the future. I mean, it is we are light years beyond what a lot of states are doing right now. I think they're looking at us at this point as the leader. And with just the Vessel League that is now rolling out across all 100 counties of North Carolina, 170 schools are now actively participating. 3,000 kids every week are participating. Last week, we had a Rocket League tournament with 96 teams across the state playing. This week, as I said, is Madden. After Thanksgiving, we move on to Smash Bros. The week after that, Valorant. And here's the thing I was saving for you. The week after that, my friend, is not only the Call of Duty tournament, but it's the first tournament we believe major tournament worldwide from with modern warfare 3 um and the new release there so we're we're just we're off to a great start and the stem competitions if you think that's exciting or even more exciting than that well that's impressive uh that is very impressive uh one how how does one do i have to be a student to play is that that uh usually yes but i feel like we know some people that could make an exception for you and a team perhaps if i was on it i don't know we're gonna get uh, handled by these kids, though. <laughs> well, we could we could we could add comedy relief for these yes. kids, right? Yes. Um, <clears throat> we we're skilled. We're just not that skilled. That is that's that's impressive. So, just so our listeners know, we'll get to talking politics here in a minute. But but let's talk about that league that you're talking about, the Vessel League. That is something that is brand new. It's not something that's been around for ten years. And you've got, did you say, 170 schools across the state participating 170 schools are, are participating our goal was by the time we get into the spring to be at 200 and then by the end of next year 400 so we are already tracking and on pace so 170 schools there's roughly just over 700 high schools in the state of north carolina public schools and um when you think about how quickly like we piloted this in charlotte right with cms then we added the pilot. We added Lincoln County, of which you guys came in and like won the the season on uh, on on the, your first go, uh, and a couple other small ones. So now we're scaling at a level and getting these this opportunity to kids. And it's it's what's shocking to me isn't that we're at 170. That's an awesome number and a lot of work to make that happen. But that 3,000 kids are participating. You know that that just shows it's not like one kid at a school and then all of a sudden the box is checked and it's there. And in order to play, right, the games they love and all that stuff, they've got to go through and do the STEM training, the competitions. And the competitions and the design that's going into them are, are just as exciting for a lot of them uh, as, as the esports competition is. Well, let's make that point. It's not just about gaming, right? It's not just when you think about, you know, playing in your parents' basement, Atari 2600, we're, if I should date myself a bit. <laughs> Uh, but uh, but I mean that's that's a we are light years away from that. These are these are real you know honest to goodness career ready workforce skills that, that we're giving these kids through this program. So it's not just about gaming. Gaming simply the vehicle to get them there. 
Yeah, exactly. And, th- and think about this for someone who's skeptical, still listening. Oh, games rot people's minds. Uh, you know, you, you and I both have kids that play games, right? Mine are a little younger, but at, at the same time, I, I actively push them to do this stuff because if you structure it properly, it is a hundred times more effective than going to school and someone saying, you need to learn this or that. Like it's, you're in there and all of a sudden, for an example, you're playing a video game competing with professional casters. It feels like you're on ESPN or Monday night football with a commentator talking. You're so excited. And then all of a sudden you realize with a little bit of a trick, well, the next game is in competition is them designing their own game in the unreal engine with our partners from Epic games and carry North Carolina. And so they go into configuration mode and they don't know how to code, but all of a sudden they've built a universe and they don't realize that they're coding. And then as they start competing, they realize I need to go from basic to advanced mode where I'm coding in C sharp to get an edge and, and win the next competition. And, and it's a, like everything about kids and getting kids to do the things they need, um, you know, eating their vegetables before their dessert, stuff like that. In a lot of cases, they have to be tricked and to trick them. Uh, you tell them the trick, right? That's the best part of it. And you yeah. give them the thing they want and put, and put it on steroids. So it's amazing. Well, it is amazing. And, and again, you know, part of, part of the discussion here this morning was, you know, what does this lend to? What is, what, what is the, the after effect of, of not just the gaming, not just the programming? But when you, you talked about it, you know, setting schedules, uh, making sure you show up on time, making sure that you're not just mentally capable of doing it, but also physically capable of doing it. Doing more of the exercises in the background of things that so that if you're going to sit sedentary, you got you got to prepare for that as well. You can't just sit and play video games all day. Um, you know, is it the catering that that looks at you know at, at these big tournaments? There's a lot of of back end stuff when you think about it, just think of about a big conference. What goes into a big conference? So I, when I first went uh, to, to Epic Game um, Fortnite World Championship in, in New York, and it, it hit me like, oh, wait a minute. There is so much equipment here. They're, they're literally going worldwide. When you talk about this Call of Duty tournament coming up, it will be worldwide. It will be accessible to anybody and everybody in the world, and it will be coming right out of Charlotte, North Carolina. That, uh, that, that, is, that, is, that is so big for our state, but it's also so big for these students because it really gives them some exposure and some work experience that they're, they're not even, they don't even know that they're getting it, right? It's just happening um, kind of organically. Uh, but in the end of the day, and we had a young man on the panel today talking about what, what esports and the, com- you know, the competitive nature of it and everything else has meant for him and his future job. And think about this, if you extrapolate that one step further right the macro picture of north carolina and the reason we're all doing this at the big picture um in one of my roles in city council here i recruit companies tech companies to town we have one that is massive a massive company that's considering us in a couple other places i told them you're not going to be able to beat the talent that's in south end and different things like that but then as they're thinking about their long-term strategic pipeline of talent i said right now we've got 170 schools, 3,000 students that are engaged in our backyard with STEM and development and engineer uh, propensity. Imagine a year and a half or two from now when you 10x that multiple, when we're covering all 700 plus schools, all of a sudden you're talking about every year we're graduating 30,000 people that we have gotten into the STEM space. They're there. And then we have the ability through our apps and our platforms to, to, to ultimately shepherd them, not just to jobs, 
but to tailor the training they're getting in that experience to that of that company. I mean, nobody has something like that. And and we lose more talent out of state in our tech talent when kids graduate. Some kids don't realize they'd be great at tech and they don't get the experience. What, what we're talking about is harnessing a workforce that, that will, will be the future and make us competitive against places like China and India and other places that, that are, that are doing it better than us right now. Well, that's the exciting part of it, right? I mean, you know, I mentioned the end game, uh, what, where do we end end up? Right. I mean, it's not some dystopian uh, future. It's actually a, a real future with real jobs, real companies coming to the area, economic opportunity for kids from all over the region. Right. And it's not just as long as you've got a connection, which we're working on and, and we're, we're spreading broadband like wildfire. I shouldn't say that with wildfires going on, but nevertheless, we are spreading it all across the state. Uh, so, so kids will have that opportunity and then getting into these schools. That's the interface. Right. So even if they can't get it at home, they're getting it at, at school. And then being a part of this and seeing what the future could be for them, I think is very important. You're listening to All Things Same. Uh, Tark Macari, City Councilman, will be back in just a moment. I uh, really appreciate you listening. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on Earth. All Things Same with Representative Jason Sane. <laughs> You're listening to All Things Sane here on WSIC. Uh, we are insane in the membrane because we're talking to my good friend, Garland City Councilman Tart McCarry. Sir, let's talk a little politics. We've talked some esports, and if you're watching, he's sitting in what looks like the ultimate man cave, by the way. He's at his esports facility there. It's, he's got the, the couch. He's got uh, the football field underneath, uh, the Panthers logo in the back. That's pretty awesome. By the way, you said you're going to be playing Madden on my Madden. My Panthers are eight and zero, so I don't I don't know what's happening in the real world, but I know my Panthers are doing well. You should you uh, should stick with uh, the game then. May, maybe so. Maybe yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I didn't even get a chance to watch the Chicago game, but uh, was told I'd probably better use of my time. Uh, but uh, hey, look, it's it's just part of building a new team with a with a yep. new quarterback. Yep. But uh, hey, you had a big victory on Tuesday night. We were. Texting a little bit back and forth. I was watching from home, trying to get all the uh, statewide information and, and consuming that. Uh, and it was a it was a close one, but uh, you said it was going to be close. Pulled it out, man. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I don't think a lot of people realized how close it was going to be. Um, you know, it, it, my district here in Charlotte, for those who don't know, there are seven districts and four at-large seats and a mayor that make up our city council. It, it, there are nine Democrats and uh, 10, including the mayor and two Republicans. And w- the, those Republican seats are no longer safe. People think that they've been a stronghold and they were for a long period of time. But for the last 10 years, they've been falling off. I mean, the reality of all this is my district with the exact precincts I have are, is Biden plus 21. Right. Easily plus 19 in the same election right now that I just squeaked out a victory by, you know, 350 votes or so. Vi Lyles, the mayor who had a Republican on the ballot against her. uh, This was a plus 30.5 Vi Lyles district. So um, so so uh, that that's a good level set of like when I saw this data and kind of knew what we were heading into. I wanted everyone to be real clear, like this wasn't like 
oh, Tark's just trying to raise some money and he's going to win. I was like, we're going to have to throw everything we have at this. Uh, because if once we lose this seat on the Republican side, we won't be getting it back in probably our lifetime. So, well, um, yeah, I, let me interrupt you for just a minute. So, yeah, so uh, a, a, a very blue district uh, where, where the Democrat mayor can get can can out you by 35 points. Right. But but yet, you know, if you're just counting raw votes. But if but if you look at uh, what you were able to do. I think this should actually be a message of hope. It's not just about keeping a seat. It's about how Republicans can win in cities. I think Republicans too often give up and say, well, we can't win them, so let's let's move on. But, yeah, it's going to cost money. But at the same time, when, when the message is out there, the message wins. When, when, with what you're doing with the city of Charlotte, what you're even sitting in a, in a, in a very stark minority uh, on the city council, you're able to push some really good policy and do things for cities that that cities really desperately across the across the United States desperately need. Uh, kudos to you, man. But that that is to me that's a message of hope, not of not a message of oh we, we barely are holding on. It's hey we're, we're we're keeping it and we're not giving it up, but we've got a lot more to do. Yeah, exactly. And and I think if 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 someone asked me what you know what's the blueprint or the lesson learned from this, I think the first thing is. You, there, there's no single strategy. And, and when you think of all North Carolina or the entire country, you, I've been saying this for a long time now. You've heard me say it. There is a separate, distinct strategy for conservatives in top 20 urban sized cities than rural. So like th- th- this playbook is not necessary and does not need to apply in a lot of the other ground we, we have to keep in North Carolina that is rural. But in these areas where most folks have given up, you know, I, I for me, like to have pulled this off amongst those odds, um, one, it shows that there is a base of, of volunteers and a base of donors who kind of have gone away in the last decade in a place like Charlotte because they've lost hope. They're paying attention to national issues and they can be reengaged if you inspire them for what the mission is. And then when you go to the voters, like the thing that I think surprises a lot of people is that, you know me well, like I am a proud right-wing conservative like sure i, I yeah, love that from it and you right. do, and, and that's the point too many people in this situation would be like oh well i've got to move to the middle and i've got to make some democrats happy or this or that i try to make everyone happy and in doing so i make a lot of people mad by just saying the truth and and i am here to call the truth out no matter how painful that ends up being for me and when you boil all that down to telling the truth about what's really happening no matter if it's good for you or bad through the last six years, and then a campaign strategy that launches all that truth at everyone, but really focuses on the independence to say, do you think a one-party system is good? Or do you value diversity, which includes diversity of thought and opinion? And to the right wing, and then everyone in, in its entirety, I mean, my campaign slogans that I carefully crafted were, Chicago didn't happen overnight for crime, right? Uh, yeah. San Francisco didn't happen overnight for homelessness. Atlanta didn't happen overnight for transportation. No one can claim that I went to some moderate angle. I stuck true to it. But then I explained why we made the mistakes, how we made them and what we need to do. And it, it, me being reelected isn't going to solve all that overnight, but it's an important voice to have. And then we've got to make up that ground to start coming up with solutions. We are not Chicago today, but... The people in Chicago 20, 30 years ago or Atlanta 15 years ago probably were sitting around saying it's not that bad and it's death by a thousand paper cuts. 
Well, no, absolutely right. I, we look at what's happening in San Francisco this week with uh, the, the, the leader of the Chinese government coming in. Uh, they, they finally make it a priority to clean up San Francisco, uh, to, to, to get the, the nationalists off the sidewalk, uh, to, I guess they relocated their homeless uh, population for, for a nice show, right? Yeah. But, but the bottom line is, those underlying problems are still going to be there. Um, but, you know, 10 years ago, I loved going to San Francisco. Uh, you know, it was it was different. It certainly wasn't uh, Lincolnton where I, I hail from. However, uh, it was it was a, it was cool to go out to the left coast and uh, and be a part of, of, of San Francisco because it is it physically can be a beautiful city uh, as long as they they keep it up. Um, same with L.A. and others and so forth. But the, these these cities, once they're controlled by the far left, we just saw this article. Uh, I think it's this morning or yesterday morning when I read it, but. Uh, uh, like in the last 24 hours about Clyde Cooper's barbecue in downtown Raleigh. They're moving. They're moving out of downtown. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, and they're moving because of crime. And it's a real thing. Um, and I don't, I've, I've got a condo this year with Senator Heiss close by that we rent. I don't, I don't own it. But, I, I've spent the night there. Yeah, Appreciate yeah. It. And you I, know, it's a nice, <laughs> nice area. Uh, yeah. However, at night it's, it's getting a little, uh, hairy, uh, Crime in that area near Moore Park has has grown exponentially. They even hired a private security force uh, to start patrolling and, and doing things down there, which I applaud them for doing that. But the problem is, you you, you let it get that bad uh, till till now. This is the only option you've got. Uh, if cities don't understand this, if those in elected office don't understand that, and these are huge majority blue areas, right? These are not. You know, they, they, they hate when we have a supermajority at the, at the legislative building, but they don't mind it when it comes to cities like Charlotte and Raleigh and so forth. Um, I mean, they're destroying the very fabric of their cities and making them unsafe. And, and which just means people like me who, who live a little bit out in the country will quit coming in. So Charlotte's not there. Charlotte's credit. Um, and I think in large part because you and Ed Driggs are on council, you are voices of reason. It hasn't gone so far silly left. Uh, and, and look, the mayor, the mayor uh, of Charlotte, to her credit, Mayor, mayor Lyles, uh, also will assist sometimes. And she's of the other party. Uh, so she's got to walk a delicate line, too. But, but at the same time, you've been the voice of reason. So is Ed. And, and making sure that it just doesn't get too crazy. And which is why we still come to downtown Charlotte. Now, I wouldn't bring my, my family right now to downtown Raleigh on the weekends. You know, during the week, yeah, fine. Um, but on the weekends, it's just a little too crazy. I'm glad I'm back at home on the weekends. Dude, you should. Uh, just yesterday, I, I don't know if you've seen this news yet. On Tryon, uh, there were two people um, smoking weed uh, and two cops come by. And basically, it's like, we, you can't really do that. And they got in this altercation where then the lady uh, punched the cop in the face. The cops then all of a sudden uh, activate and, and they, they resist arrest. They find a handgun on the guy, right? And right. then the lady's on the ground as, they, as they're trying to get cuffs on her and she's resisting. Officer follows his exact training and protocols, which is the, the, the nerve and the large muscle. They're supposed to hit him to basically make him loosen up to get the hands because you don't know. The guy had a gun. You don't know what else they have. They follow right. all the rules. And then, of course, somebody walking by grabbed a footage, not of what all happened to lead up to it, but that posts it on social media. And now we're, we're the cop right now. The chief is having a press conference. And these are the things that, again, 
they're doing exactly what they're supposed to. They have no respect for the cops and what they're doing. And, and they want a flashpoint moment where 95% of the people get to come out and protest peacefully. And then 5% come out trying to create the chaos to create the story to the next level. That's literally what we are in over the last 24 hours right now. And the, there are not many people willing to stand up and say, that's not what happened, everyone. That's why balance and having, you know, some more conservative focused minds in a city, even if it's a couple are important because no one will tell that narrative. Well, that's exactly right. And, and look, it, I mean, it, these things we won't solve today on this broadcast, but these are the things that are really rotting uh, American cities, right? If, if you can't have some semblance of law and order, I'm not talking about police that's run amok, that's, that's doing things outside of their directed duties. I'm right. talking about just letting them do their job, right? I mean, these, these people were a nuisance to begin with. We're talking with Tar Bakari here on All Things Sane. We'll be back in just a moment. that music coming from hey you're listening to wsic you're listening to all things sane i am your host state representative jason sane i represent lincoln county district 97 talking to my good friend charlotte city councilman tart mccari who coming off a huge victory last tuesday very close vote but uh one that was worth waiting around for and seeing you were at selwyn pub i've never been there but i hear it's nice yes it is uh it is very nice yeah, I was going to say, no chance. I think I've been there with you. <laughs> you have. You have. Uh, that's where we got the captain's hat. Which oh, that's nice. right. Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, you have to celebrate. Uh, uh, I know that uh, local media was there. You were You were the talk du jour, uh, at least talk of the night, um, and uh, pulled it out. Uh, it, it, but were, were you how, – how close did you feel like it was? Did you, did you have that sense that it was razor thin – uh, as you were going into that last week? It, as as early voting ended and I saw the numbers, I thought that it was going to take a miracle. I, I assumed that it was probably like 40% win, 60% lose for me. And I needed everything, everything to happen on election day. Now, our, our, our voters typically turn out on election day more than early voting. Um, so I had kind of that hope, but that's where I sat there and tried to, pull out all the stops that's when i sat and said okay what levers do i have left to pull with four days or so that i could spend and it could have an impact and we amped up radio ads and creatively designed them um we uh i i, I amped up all my digital marketing and digital media um i went and uh tried to get a full page uh ad in the observer with uh so, you know guys like you and i we have a kind of a sharp humor and we don't do anything that's not at least a little funny to us right sure. <laughs> at the end of the right. day so yep. i i had a great design thing with my opponent kind of photoshopped on a picture of of uh of a pilot because she said she ran the airport and then it was shown that she didn't and the observer said no you can't you can't run this in the sunday edition and i then pulled out their rule book and said well wait a minute McClatchy's rule book says I can, in fact, and then they went silent on me. So then I uh, decided, well, I got to make that news story go viral elsewhere, which it did. Hired an airplane pulling a banner and uh, it, on Election Day that went around the district. And then lo and behold, as we squeaked it out at the end, uh, I had the benefit of having gone through not being endorsed by the Observer, which is fine. They can do what they want. Not getting my ad in there. 
but they had to put me in my celebratory stance above the fold on the front page on Wednesday. So, uh, so at least I, I, I felt a little, a little uh, redemption in, in what I was up against in that election through that. You got a little justice, and if I remember correctly, you actually ended up on the front page twice last week. Yeah, well, probably. I, I, I don't really get the paper, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. I get it. I get it digitally. But, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, that was a good shot, too, man. It's, uh, but it was, it was great to see. Um, I mean, to your point, I mean, being out there and 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 offering alternative uh, to the the narrative that happens in big cities. And knowing that voters flock to it, I mean, it's it's no small uh, task to be able to to one even compete, and then two to win. So kudos to you for for being able to do that. And a what really is not a competitive district, you've made it competitive, um, which is a lesson to to anybody running for office. Just because the numbers are there doesn't mean you can't win. If you've got a message that people will flock to, and can contrast yourself with your opponent, uh, it's a great opportunity. And you did yeah. that. Um, we had uh, Chris Carney on last week. Carney, I haven't got to celebrate with him yet either. Yeah, the the mayor elect of Morrisville, he cruised in sixty nine percent of the vote. I think I announced it like eighty one percent, but that was that was early voting. But he ultimately got like sixty nine percent of the vote. Did a did a great job there. He was out doing a lot of what you do, knocking on doors and talking to voters directly and saying, "Hey, here's here's what I'm offering. What what do you think?" And you know, uh, by and large, uh, people came his way, and uh, so so a lot of great victories in the area. I think Mayor Woody Washam is 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 very close. I think he, I don't know if he's been able to declare victory or not yet, but I think he'll, he'll ultimately end up winning that too. That's oh, wild. it is. It is. Uh, you know, you just never know in these municipal elections, particularly when you know there's not a, a party label. Now, do you have a party label in yours? Oh yeah. It, uh, oh yeah. yeah. That's a that's a bit of a hindrance for me around here, to be honest. Now, I don't shy away from it, but it's a hindrance because. There are some people that probably would agree with a lot of the things I say that when they see that R next to it in a city like Charlotte, they're just not going to punch it. Just not where they're going. Uh, much different in my district, by the way. <laughs> but, yes. uh, uh, but no, I get it. And it's, it, is, it is something that, uh, that, that really can matter into the future. I, I think about when, when Republicans were winning um, you know, mayoral races and city council races back in the late 80s and 90s. It, again, it doesn't always have to be that way. We can't just give up on it. Uh, you know, I, I talked to particularly some of these social conservatives that, that want to, you know, statewide initiatives and so forth. It's like, hey, you know, there's real opportunities on, on, on the local levels to do to do other things uh, that, that matter to people. Schools, certainly crime, safety, uh, fire protection. These are things that matter to people because it impacts their daily lives. Yeah. Right? And it doesn't always have to be these these much broader issues that are going before the, you know, the Supreme Court. It really just managing local economies and knowing that people are getting something of worth for their money. Dude, it, it, that was a huge part of my pitch, especially to donors, but also voters as well. But the donors, you know, there's a lot of really good, logical, business-minded people in Charlotte. And they've kind of, over the last decade, like I mentioned before, disengaged. And what the, the case, I, every one of them was like, I'm paying attention to global and national politics, and I'm mad, and I'm frustrated, and I want this to happen. And I, I keep saying, like, Guys, I know you know this, but let me remind you, like, add all that stuff up to how it actually touches your day to day life. And then think about traffic and congestion, crime, homelessness, panhandling, um, uh, uh, ultimately the the infrastructure and failure to to keep up with the growth, abolishing single family zoning, uh, uh, 
just the countless issues. And that's just the city council. So it's it's like the impacts, they're not as sexy, but people just somehow have forgotten in, in large cities like this. And if you go to Charlotte in any room with 10 people, two people are making the decision for everybody in what's happening locally mm-hmm. right now. And, and that's yeah. it's just wildly unacceptable. Well, and, and to think, too, that when you think about a region, right? So we, we broadcast mostly in the Lake Norman area. Uh, but what happens in downtown city of Charlotte, uptown, whatever, whatever you guys nah. call it. You know. uh, but, but whatever it is, uh, you know, a lot of your workforce lives up in the Lake Norman area. Yep. What happens and the decisions made by you all, whether they live there or not, or pay property tax, and certainly pay tax in the city of Charlotte because they buy things, right? Uh, they're paying. They're paying sales tax. Um, they're 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 working down there. They're paying for parking, which I always love, by the way. But at least with Charlotte, I'll say there's always a place to park, unlike Raleigh. But uh, that's a whole other issue. Uh, but but the fact that you know the decisions made by you all impacts their lives, whether they realize it or not. But certainly, if you live within the borders of the city of Charlotte, uh, what's happening by those those elected council people? Um, really can can touch their lives either either in a very positive way. Or a very negative way, and it, and it gets back to quality of life. You know, people always, you know, it's a it, it's a kind of a pie in the sky phrase, quality of life. Well, of course, everybody wants quality of life, but what does that really mean? And it means that if you you know if you're not scared to go out to your car at night and get something out of the car, or you're not scared that your car is being broken into every night, or that there'll be consequences for the criminal enterprises that are out there doing those things. Um, to your point about the the the, the weed smoker and the and the and the gun toter. Um, you know, they, people want to feel safe. They want to be able to operate. They want to be able to, uh, you know, they don't want a police state, but they want a state that's policed. Uh, they, they want to, they want to make sure that they're safe, that their spouse or their child or whatever, their property is protected. And a lot of times that gets kind of swept under the rug or, or ignored for some of these bigger, sexier issues or some of the things that they're parroting from 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 the national standpoint, yep. when when voters start to ignore that, that's when things really you know take a take a slide down the hill. Not not nine times nine out of every ten conversations we have in this town at a elected level somehow touch on or are directly related to social justice, the social inequities in the system. And look, I'm the first guy as a student and lover of history to tell you, yeah. A lot of that is absolutely real and true, but it is not every single topic that we talk about, especially not at the expense of saying, well, these criminals or homeless people or panhandlers or whatever it is, the system has failed them. Until we fix the system, we're not going to circle back and actually hold them accountable to the rule of law. And what I say to them now is everything you said is exactly right, and that's, that's the problem they're feeling today. But if you step back for one second, Eastland Mall didn't happen overnight. Right. Right. The entire east side of town. And if you think that's too old or long distance of a of a historical uh, anecdote, North Lake Mall didn't happen overnight. And where it is today, it is not impossible to think South Park Mall or other parts of town that we are not investing in the infrastructure. We're not paying attention to the crime can't also go the same route. And that's the kind of history that if you don't learn from and activate in your in your policy, you're, you're destined to repeat. Oh no, that's excellent points and excellent examples. Uh, I can remember, you know, in the in this late seventies, early eighties, uh, going to that forsaken mall uh, and and having to ice skate because you know, my mom thought it'd be a great <laughs> idea for to take the kids, and I hated it. But nevertheless, 
we did it, and we did it as a family, and we would do those, you know, those type of things. East Lamont, and then I can remember being in uh, college at UNC Charlotte, and East Lamont was somewhere I would never go again, right? And then it, of course, you know, continued its demise and, and went away. Poof. But uh, same with North Lake. Uh, you know, North Lake when it opened, and the, the restaurants that would go there for somebody that lived in Denver, North Carolina, and it was a quick ride over uh, for for dinner and and a little bit of shopping, and then would never ever think about going there. So, yeah. uh, those those type of things matter. Who we elect matters, I, sir. I want to just congratulate you again. Appreciate you being on, talking esports too, and loving that man cave. Uh, not really yours, but it but it looks like an awesome man cave. I got to figure out how to get the field on the floor. Uh, he's got a football field for a floor now. But uh, great having you on. Thanks, brother. I appreciate you. All right. Talk to you soon, Tark Bakari. You've been listening to All Things Same here on WSIC. We do this every week. You can find us on the podcast and find us on the radio. Thanks for listening.